So morning to those that have connected already. We're just going to wait a few moments to allow others uh, to join in. I think um, it will show up on my screen. Oh yeah, Enoch. Hi Enoch. That's great. Um, Linda, welcome. Caleb, great. We'll, we'll, we'll wait, wait. To make yourself guys comfortable, hope you've all got your coffees in your hand and uh, we're going to be sharing for the next 15 minutes. So I'll still just wait. There's still people coming along, joining in. Awesome. So at the beginning, I'll share the scan at the end for those that haven't logged on yet, but um, it's really important we don't shut down after I finish, as uh, Lyndon is going to come on and he's going to wrap things up for us this morning. So when I finish, keep keep live, keep watching, and um, he'll connect from his place. So to you, I've just logged on. Good morning. It's now day four of lockdown and, and firstly I just want to say that our love and thoughts go out to all of you that might be feeling anxious, isolated um, or adversely affected at this time. Remember to stay connected with one another as we've been reminded. Limit your exposure to media coverage and if you feel you really need it don't be afraid to ask for support from one another. A couple of weeks ago I uh, stopped my car at the Hill Street intersection and the car in front of me started ever so slowly to, to move backwards towards me. Now, I wasn't worried at all. I thought, they're going to notice and they're going to stop. Um, but it, it just kept on coming. And so the, um, uh, the next thing I did was looked at my rear vision mirror to see if I had any room to go back. And there was a car quite close to me behind me. So, so I thought, I've got no room there. But um, I was starting to get a little bit annoyed. And I was thinking, you know, things like, you know, the idiot. Um, you know, haven't, why haven't they noticed? Why haven't they stopped their car? And then that progressed on to, to becoming worried, like, oh my goodness, they're getting so close, they're going to hit me. And, and so I, I, um, I had my foot on my brake, but I pushed my foot further down on my brake, and in doing so, my car jerked to stop. <laughs> and I realised that I had been moving forward, and they, they, it appeared like they were coming backwards, but it was my fault and not them. And in that instant... My attitude, my actions, my perspective totally changed. Uh, first feeling was relief. Um, and then I felt incredibly stupid. And then I felt really apologetical and, and sorry for the, for the thoughts that I had about the driver in front of me. Um, the thing is, how we see things affects how we feel, which in turn exhibits itself in how we behave. And it's true also when, with how we see God. What and who we think he is affects how we feel and how we behave. And I want to briefly share this morning my journey and um, getting to know God and how, how over the years what I thought of God and how I, how I think about God has radically changed. And along with that, how I too have changed, in my opinion, for the better. Um, becoming more open, more loving, and um, more kind. And, and my prayers that will be encouraging for us this morning. So I was brought up in a Christian family, and so from even you know, a baby I was going to church. Um, but church, as I remember it in those early days, was um, we got dressed up in our Sunday best. My dad did our, did our hair um, with um, uh, bull, bull cream, 
and we wore always wore tie and when we got older we used uh, wore suits but but dressed really really nice and church environment was when you went into church you had to be quiet um, subdued um, and that was considered to be reverent um, and this was quite difficult when you're a child and so sometimes we made a little bit too much noise as children and um, we were taken outside during the service and spanked and I remember shouting, um, no, please, Dad, I'll be good. I promise I'll be good. I really will. I will be good. Please don't spank me. Um, I still got spanked. And despite my honest intentions, I found myself back in that same situation. So, so God, in, the, in that, um, when we prayed to God, he was spoken to in these and those because they had a King James version of the Bible. And, and um, when we asked about why and, and, and we were explained, well, if you went to see the Queen, You'd get dressed up in your very best clothes and you'd dress her in a, a respectful way and she'd have her own official title and you had to use her, t her title. And so it was just showing respect um, to God. So for me, my view of God was someone that lived way, way up there and um, he was to be revered. And for me, that meant to be feared. Um, I was told he was good and that he loved us. Um, but my dad was a very good man and I knew he loved me. But I still got a good spanking every now and again. And I knew God was a bit bigger than my dad. Um, so I didn't, um, I was a bit scared of getting a spanking from God. So, but over time, um, into my um, teens and, and early 20s, I, I began to understand and, and learn a bit more. And I realized that the Bible was written, actually, the King James Version, when it was written back then, well, that was the everyday language. It's how people spoke. Um, Jesus called God Abba and he encouraged his fathers to call him Abba too, which is Daddy. So um, discovered things like the Father heart of God and the grace of God. And so God, rather than being someone that was um, out there, became someone that was close and personal and intimate and um, someone that, that I could talk to. And I learned that he could speak back to me and I learned about listening to God. And so, so from that perspective of God, the early perspective of God, it changed um, right through most of my life. But more recently, it's actually started to change again. And, and I'm coming to believe and to understand that more important than a theological, if you like, definition of God and understanding God and, and, and knowing about God, um, it's far more important to encounter God. Um, so my, my, my journey always began as a desire to encounter God, to know him. But what that really looked like for me early on was really an attempt to define God, to understand God, to contain God almost, to have him and the Christian life wrapped up all in a nice little tidy box. Um, and Western theology tends to do this. It reduces the different and the complex descriptions of God down into just a singular reading. And I believe it subtracts from the very beautiful and varied nature of him. So we've got to have some sort of theology. Um, and for me now, it's been narrowed down simply to love. Um, and when, when love is made the emphasis, it's not something that you emphasize as opposed to the knowledge of God. Or more important than the knowledge of God. But love is the knowledge of God itself. To love is to know God. Because God is love. Now, I'm going to try and explain myself by using, telling the story about Jacob's encounter with God and um, two metaphors. 
So we know the story of Jacob. He's returning back into the land. His brother Enoch's in the land and um, he left on bad terms. His brother's become a powerful nation. Um, he's afraid for his life. And the story set in the middle of the night, in the dark of the night, and he's crossing this river Jabuk and it's, it's dangerous and it's dark. And he encounters a stranger who then begins to fight with him and wrestles with him. And they wrestle together the whole night long. Um, and so it's like they're, they're equally matched. And then all of a sudden, um, dawn is approaching. And so the stranger somehow doesn't like to be seen or known or I don't know. So he has to do something before dawn comes. So he just simply touches Jacob's thigh, which shrivels up and he shows this all powerful nature. And Jacob lets go and, he, and he's lost the fight. And, and he all of a sudden realizes that he's wrestling with God. Um, and this it doesn't finish there. It, it even gets a little bit more confusing because this this God, he realizes, is all powerful. And then yet Jacob goes, hey, I'm going to hold on to you. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to let you go unless you bless me. And, and so somehow or another, who, Jacob, who is now weak, was real powerful, is now weak, is now somehow able to hold on to God because God blessed him. And God blesses him and everything changes for Jacob. He's transformed. He becomes a different person. And and that the story finishes in, in the sunshine and Jacob going and meeting Esau and, and restored relationships and um, everything's different. Now, if we try and draw a theology about that from that story from God, um, that leaves you very, very confused. Um, but for me, what's important in that story and, the, and the, the amazing thing about that story is Jacob encounters God and it's transformative to his life. It changes his life. For the better. Um, and a, a, a metaphor is, is art critics, they go and they look at beautiful paintings and as they look at a, 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 a one painting, different people will take different meanings from the same work of art. And they don't try to analyse and translate that work of art into a single meaning. But they want the, the, the attempt and what they're trying to do is they experience the rich treasure that that art can speak to them in various ways. And what I believe should unite us, unite us as Christians is not that we grasp the true meaning, i.e. my meaning, of the painting as a, or, or of God as if it can be reduced or he can be reduced to a singular meaning, but that we're attracted by that work of art, that we are transformed by that work of art, that that work of art impacts us. Um, another metaphor is, is a mother holding her baby. Now, the baby doesn't need to understand the mother. It doesn't need to know all the things about the mother or anything about the mother. The baby just needs to experience the mother's love and care and support. And, and, and um, that's enough for the baby. And so what I feel is um, the way that I see God now is, is important for, for me um, to experience God, to feel his love, um, not to try to interpret it or, or make a theological definition about it, but simply to enjoy him and, and um, to be transformed by that encounter, um, to, to, to know God is to love um, and yeah, and be changed. So I'm going to just read First John 4. Um, this is from verse 7 to 12. 
um, um, from the message. So it says this, my beloved friends, let us continue to love each other since love comes from God. Everyone who's, who's, who loves is born of God and experiences a relationship with God. The person who refuses to love doesn't know the first thing about God because God is love. So you can't know him if you don't love. My dear friends, if God loved us like this, we certainly ought to love one another. No one has seen God ever. But if we love one another, God dwells deeply within us and his love becomes complete in us. Perfect love. So my prayer at this time is that we might press into God and experience more of his transformative love. And as we are transformed and changed by that love, then, then we take that love and we share it with one another. So God bless. Remember, keep watching. Don't log out because Lyndon's going to shortly log in from his place now. And he will pray for us and he'll have some announcements for us. Thank you.